Welcome everybody to the Improvement Podcast. I'm here as always with my good friend Dave. What's Hello. Ha- what is happening, Dave? <laughs> I'm, I'm buzzing because yeah. for the first time in a few weeks, I actually don't feel terrible. Um, God. So, yeah. The title is Misery at Work and you've brought, brought in some misery already. Well, no, the misery is... is is moving past. Well, that's good news. Moving past <laughs> the misery into buzz again. <laughs> All right. My name is Sean, and this is The Improvement Project, and we are going to be talking about misery at work, and that is a horrendous title. Mm. But we do have a very special guest, Jackie. Uh, Jackie, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking me along today, guys. Yeah, well, thank you for taking the time. It's already been a load of fun so far. Well, exactly. uh, and I'll be honest, you're already my favorite guest because you brought me food. Exactly. Uh, and, <laughs> is this orchid for... Yeah, that's for, for my, you. My, see, my wife is going to be so happy. She's been <laughs> coveting an orchid for a while. So this is going to be... In fact, oh my God, I just realized I could... I don't mind if I you could, do that, David. You know I what know what you're say. thinking. Mother's Day! <laughs> yes. Oh, no way. That is... Oh, Dave. Amazing! Oh, Unbelievable. Yes. Does she listen to your, pro- your podcast? Um, no. So I think I'm pretty <laughs> safe in saying, darling... Um, this is from your beautiful daughter. Happy Mother's Day. You know, I'm going to share the podcast now, too. too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has very low expectations anyway, so... It's wow, all, it's all good. Do it. <laughs> yeah, do right. it. I do not <laughs> mind at all if that is how you want to use my gift for a visit in your. Well, home re-gift today. it. Yeah, you've, oh you've saved re-gift me it. time and expense. Actually, actually, let's talk about that real quick. There was a news article about regifting gifts. How yeah. do you feel about it? Well, you feel all right about it, well, Dave, obviously. Well, it's because we 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 have done it. I mean, yeah. there's probably the odd wedding gift that we didn't use okay we're just well we're not going to use it anyway so let's just pass it on to someone else who would get a benefit from it i like that Um, i like that kids presents yeah um, that happens to me a lot yeah Yeah, i mean (laughs) yeah we've had stuff that um just you know especially when you first you get so much Mm -hmm. that um well we did we were very lucky and um but there's so much then that just doesn't get used so Quite possibly use it all. Pass it on. Yeah, clothes with tags still on that they grew out of. I had a son who said, me no like jigsaw. Um, so <laughs> nice. that's, that's practically the first words he said. You would sit down it's and awesome. say, let's play a jigsaw. It's raining outside. And he'd say, me no like jigsaw. And <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, sure. that developed as his speech developed to, no, I yeah. don't like it. It's boring. I don't like jigsaws. So I had 13 jigsaws in a cupboard. Amazing. Some with a cellophane still on. And when I gave them to the play center, he had a meltdown. Where are my jigsaws? Oh, obviously yeah. there is, but yeah. Do you play a jigsaw? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no yeah. idea. I have no idea. That sounds fun. Well, with a two-year-old, you do. Yeah, right. All do right, you know? Well. I think it's funny that we've started off talking about play because I think <laughs> that's one of the reasons why people are so miserable at work. Yeah. Because they don't play. They don't play. No what was the saying? What's the saying? All work and no play. Yeah. 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 It's it's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, bef- Jackie, tell tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah, I forgot that bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a good thing I've got notes here because I think we just. Right, okay. Proper go off on a tangent. I'll go back to the dark ages. Um, go back I, to the dark ages. I am trained as a scientist, so I'm actually a biologist. So I look at the world of work in um, quite an unusual and different way because I look at human beings in the workplace, like the animals that we actually are, mm. and how we kind of function on a physiological, neurological kind of level, mm-hmm. yeah. and how important it is for us to connect with other human beings in a positive kind of way. Because if you think about it, 
human beings are a bit rubbish. It's like, how did we come to dominate the world? Because we're these awful pink slugs and our lifespan is compressed between 12 <laughs> degrees C, you know? Yeah. And yeah. with that, we're dead. Mm. So how did we come to dominate like tigers and elephants and, and things that are just <laughs> awesome? And the reason for that is through teamwork. Okay. And those uh, positive human connections. Synergy. So, absolutely. So I look at the workplace in this totally different way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I think <laughs> I think David is trying to plug in that word synergy into every Love single it. episode Love that we that. do. Love synergy. <laughs> <laughs> it's what? It's the sixth habit in the seven habits of highly effective people by Dr. Stephen Covey, which is a book I love. I know, yeah. and you plug that book every week Love, as it. Well. <laughs> Love it. But it's core. It's one it's, of the it's, core it's texts, is it? Yeah, it, just, it is a very good book. Uh, you know, anybody that's starting out in any kind of journey and mm-hmm. people how they like live and work yeah. and their relationships they begin with that book absolutely it's, it's a great starter mr coach over there in the <laughs> corner. <laughs> so, so tell us jay what are you up to now what i'm up to now is um i run a consultancy called upswing mm-hmm. and uh, you can find us online www.up-swing.net and um, we uh, we put together consultancy and training packages um, using a network of associates. Mm-hmm. So I don't have all the skills. I'm a meditation and uh, mindfulness uh, teacher, but I also come from a background of working with uh, management systems in workplaces. So um, we use that consultancy to help businesses formulate well-being strategy. And we do a lot of training. So we do training um, face-to-face, we do it online, and we do curated training um, as well. Um, Because (laughs) having been a trainer in the oil and gas industry for the last seven years, I would say um, the money for old rope style training where you stand in a room and instruct people, that's absolutely not my thing. Okay. <laughs> You're right. So I, I use, I, for me, it's the connections with people. And I, I've got so many fantastic technical people in mm-hmm. the, the online training world. I mean, we've moved so far away. And it's about that psychology of how people learn. Because mm-hmm. learning is a key thing mm-hmm. in the workplace in terms of being happy at work as well. And yeah. so few businesses invest in people's um, competencies just for the sake of them learning i mean we were looking at your list beforehand and you know a lot of that is about learning creativity problem solving all these kind of things you want to do in your life and that stimulates people yeah broadening your horizons by trying new skills absolutely increasing your perspective oh absolutely like yeah so much of that is valuable yeah even when you go outside the workplace and you're sending people out um, to learn new things, it's what they're bringing back in. They're bringing back a load of connections, new people, new way of thinking, mm-hmm. new mindset, all of that kind of stuff. And so yeah, that's where we that's, that's where we operate. That's the zone. We that's where in. we're at now, is it? Absolutely, awesome. wonderful. Now, it's so relevant right now. I mean, wellness, absolutely, and mindfulness is seems to be everywhere right now. You know, especially on LinkedIn. It's it's. I think if every single time I go into the news feed, there's there's something. Yeah. mentioned in relation to it, mental health all this kind of stuff oh, it's, it's becoming so cool. mainstream isn't it exactly that it's visible and and people are especially men are more willing to and yeah. you know, to open up about <clears throat> challenges yeah. and and mindfulness what mental health problems and things like that it's it's a kind of a good time to be in Absolutely. this space it feels it is because a few years back um i i've been trying to do this work for really quite a long period of time 
Um, but I had to have the way I work. It's not just a case. I won't let my clients get away with just flinging in a couple of mindfulness courses. Good idea. Um, and what I've observed is, yes, it's fantastic. We're moving forward. We're stigma busting. We're talking about it. But what companies are doing a lot of the time is they're sticking a sticking plaster on things. Mm. We're all about mental health and we, you know, we look after our employees. And People just jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, we've got yeah. a great poster campaign <laughs> and our CEO's out here and we're into mental health. But at the same time, most of their employees are on like zero hours contracts. And there are no meaningful relationships in the workplace. And all of these type of things are going on in the back door. The other thing um, we do is we go to the core of the problem. So we do root cause analysis on it. There's a really awful word from the (laughs) health and safety world, from my health and safety zone. Oh, my God. But uh, we, yeah, we dig into the stats and we we discover what their real problems are. Mm -hmm. And very much, oftentimes, um, doing a lovely mindfulness course where everybody gets to meditate for a day is not going to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. So we're about, like, really getting to the nuts and bolts and fixing the problem. So it's about strategy for wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about how that plugs into your business going forward. And how it's sustainable. So we use the same principles as a management system where you're just, you know, it's deeming stuff. It's plan, do, check, act. It's going back. It's going around in that circle. So we're using the traditional structures. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of this stuff. This stuff, business isn't entirely comfortable with it yet. Mm-hmm. So I've got to kind of bridge this gap between like the kind of more eerie fairy stuff, how people would see it. No, spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and what businesses will accept and understand in a language that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about crossing that bridge and, and wow. going across that. I um, saw a fantastic new company um, online in London called Sanctus. And name. they, uh, yeah, <laughs> and they, um, I've connected with the, the founders. Um, not started a conversation yet, but I'm really interested to because they are using a well-known term and then flipping it mm-hmm. um, into the mental health space. So yes. what their big goal is, is to create mental health gyms. Fabulous. Yes. That's a cool idea. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's really kind of their marketing approach is to say, we oh, want to, you brilliant. know, everyone and businesses invest in, their mm-hmm. staff's physical health and well-being Absolutely. but actually not enough not anywhere near enough are investing in mental health and fitness totally so it's that term they're using mental health and fitness i was like brilliant how cool is that you know using a term we're familiar with and just tweaking it slightly to create a new sense of awareness yeah i totally get that i mean i have had mental health problems myself in the past and for me it's about um, now I understand very, very clearly that you've got to behave in a preventative, mm-hmm. protective way of your own mental health. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're at work, that's about saying no. Yeah. And that is really difficult for a lot of people. It depends on the industry you're in. And, you know, you touched on that whole toxic masculinity thing. Mm-hmm. And um, ooh, how, do yeah. you, how do you do that when you're like, you're the hero, you're the guy, you're out there. Yeah. You know, bring it on, bring on more work. But in actual fact, you've got to turn around and say, I, I'm, you know, 
crumbling under the strain of this. Yeah. It's going back to that, you know, going back to almost like first world war attitudes, uh, low, poor moral fiber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of workplaces, they're still looking at it as a fault within the person. Mm -hmm. rather than a fault within their systems and within the workplace. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally all about that. And um, a lot of the resilience work that we teach is around that whole thing about sustaining mental health fitness and about making sure that you're eating the right thing, like we've just been doing. Yeah, of course. Eat the right thing, connect in the right way with people, keep up your, like, so. I mean, your social life is so important. Yeah, part, being that part of that tribe. Absolutely. Urza, and a lot of your work, David, is along those sort of lines about that um, avoiding isolation and connecting with people in a nurturing and creative kind of way. Mm -hmm. A really fantastic mm -hmm. friend of mine said something to me years ago that completely knocked me in my tracks. And he said to me, do you know, Jackie, the word recreation, if you say it differently, is recreation. Mm. Oh, that's a good play on words. I quite like that. I like it's fab, yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Uh, and I've, I've. That's been him saying that to me. That's a memory that I carry with me. And every time I'm thinking, I'm working too much. So when I create a business plan um, for my own business, because mm -hmm. we are lucky enough to kind of work for ourselves and be able to drive ourselves, I create mental well-being time in that. And it's an absolute critical because I could create a business plan that's like whoa off the scale in terms of targets and you know money and people and and, and events and stuff. But if I'm not also mentally well as I'm doing it, then you're just gonna burn out really quickly and then the whole thing collapses and you haven't achieved your it's objective. True. It is definitely true. it is true. I had a really powerful moment this week. Um, I love them. Yeah, and Give it, it was it was <laughs> yeah, sure, it was a really challenging moment and um and quite an unpleasant exp I, I, the way i would categorize it is a an unpleasant mindfulness experience excellent yeah i've never, never had one of those never before. been used before no oh, they're so, the ones that tell you what you really need to know that's digging exactly the dirt up. exactly so i on it was on wednesday actually i went up to the university of aberdeen there was a business breakfast on mindfulness Ace. and um i've forgotten the pre professor's name but it did a fantastic presentation um, because they're promoting a new mindfulness course that they're mm -hmm. running. It's either an updated version of a course that they've been running for a long time or it's a brand new course. I can't quite remember. But um, I mean, I was absolutely knackered and I've been yeah. not well for about a week and a half, mm -hmm. a second time in a month. And, um, and the session finished with uh, mindfulness practice. So the whole room and I'm sitting there and just these terrible thoughts are going through my head and it just Good. became evident i mean i was actually nearly crying and i was yeah. imagining myself crying mm -hmm. and it just became so clear to me how tired i was mm -hmm. how unwell i was feeling mm -hmm. and in that moment i was like right i actually need to go and just clear my day and go and rest yeah um and and that's exactly what i did left left the room went home Cancelled some meetings that I had that afternoon and said, no, I'm not feeling well. Um, I need to just go to bed and go to sleep. And then um, yesterday morning when I was going, because I spent the day in Edinburgh, when I was walking to the train station very early, I think it was like 10 past five, mm -hmm. um, 
I just had this amazing insight that the word fragile came to mind. Yes. That it's amazing how fragile we can become, especially in our own mind, Mm -hmm. when we don't have the energy to fight adversity and challenge and i've had a bunch of just crap just shit happened the last few weeks like Mm -hmm. my car dying my laptop Mm -hmm. breaking that's something i was going to ask you it's sitting outside yeah (laughs) it won't start (laughs) (laughs) any mechanics out there (laughs) we need you fortunately my garage are very kindly i actually need to phone them and arrange this they're going to come around and jump start and i'm going to go and take it either to um the scrappies or we buy any car people yeah. um, and get rid of it. That you was, take mine as well. It's yeah. worked along the street. They, <laughs> they, uh, you could have heard it coming a mile off because oh, the shock bad. absorber is gone in it. But oh, man. I have the shock absor- a new shock absorber mm. behind the chair. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's not where it's supposed to be. But then that's that thing about, yeah, we spoke about regifting. It's like, mm-hmm. I'd rather keep my car going like forever. And yeah. that's how yeah. we should look at ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You, you have just hit on like um, the real value of mindfulness there. Mm. I mean, I was practicing mindfulness before it was called mindfulness because when I was about 18, I was a fitness mm-hmm mentalist so i was completely focused on physical fitness so that thing you're saying about the fitness gym um totally chimes in with me and looking back on the years fitness for me physical fitness has been a big cornerstone in keeping myself mentally well as well it's the touchstone i'll always go back to Mm -hmm. you know if i feel Mm -hmm. bad i'm gonna put my trainers on um so um i i started practicing yoga and I went in because, and I went to Iyengar yoga as well, because that's like super bendy. Right. And I was like, I was like, and because and, remember, I'm like, how many more miles can I run? How bendy can I be? And I found that I wasn't very supple. So I went in and I came out and what I was not prepared for it was what that did to my head. Mm. All right. Mind blowing. And it sent me off on this journey that I've been on for years and years and years now. And this is what I'm now bringing into the workplace. Awesome. Um, uh, because before, I think we're getting to a crossroads now where this type of stuff that would have been seen as more airy-fairy mm-hmm. is now being repackaged and um, y- you can take it into the workplace in, in a way where it'll be more accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I started meditating and um, became a practicing Buddhist. All of this type of stuff. Went and looked up all of that. Um, guess I'm a real uh, voracious learner. Mm-hmm. So I went, "What is this?" And bearing in mind, I'm a scientist as well. I'm like, "Whoa." Something weird's just happened to my head. <laughs> and I'm walking down the street and all these people are freaky and I feel like I'm walking on a cloud and what's happened to mm-hmm. me? It was my body's own biochemistry that I was responding to, but it was like having taken drugs. Awesome. Strange. Um, so, um, but um, this is all to do with your body's chemistry. Uh-huh. So a lot of the stuff I go into is about the physiology and the neurobiology of stress. Yeah. And... Um, because I've personally experienced it myself. So that kicked me off on this thing. I mean, in the last sort of 10, 15 years ago, a lot of this stuff with um, what a Buddhist style meditation, because mindfulness is actually the cornerstone of Buddhism. 
Um, and that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. So um, it's now been taken up by mainstream psychology. And a lot of that work was the Daniel Goldman stuff, you know, a few years back, sort of into the 90s, where it was all about emotional intelligence. Yep. That type of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the core of what we're now calling mindfulness. Yeah. Um, so what you just hit on is just fab. And as you practice mindfulness more often, rather than it really catching up on you and, and feeling really rubbish, becoming yeah. a fear that you really feel really rubbish, you catch yourself further up the slippery slope. Yes. You know, and yeah. that is where it's really coming um, into its own. Because mm -hmm. you're like, no, if I keep going down this road, I'm all, oh, I've got a bit of a cold. And then, oh, this has kind of happened, and that's kind of happened. And you're, you, every day, life stuff starts to pile in on top of you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And these things are all indicators. And it's also that, you know, talking about physical health and mental health, they're not actually separate because mm -hmm. you can feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. It is. It, yeah. The anguish yeah. is painful. Yep. It's properly because I mean pain is all registered in the brain anyway yeah. whether it's you it's know true. you cut your mm -hmm. finger or you're you know suffering from some anxiety or stress or yeah. worry I mean it all it's all in the mind isn't it exactly it's, yeah it's all in the mind mm. what about you Sean where do you feel stress I feel it in my hands really yeah um I will become aware because I body scan a lot so if I'm okay. in a, in, if I'm going in a, a big meeting where I'm talking to clients, I really want the business or something like that. You know, these everyday business type things. We mm -hmm. step more into the business world. Yes, I will become aware of what's going on with my hands, and I mindfully check now. Okay. And I find that if my hands are really clenched and I feel a lot of like buzzing energy in my hand, that's stress. Mm. That means I'm really super right, stressed. Right. Okay. I notice it a lot um, because I'm I'm a very laid back person. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I was wondering so, what you were going to say. So, <laughs> so stress is not something that comes easily to me. It's it's. However, I do notice it when I'm late for things. Ah. If I'm stuck in traffic and I'm going to be three minutes late to a meeting or what, a, a, even a, even deadlines, deadlines are the same. If mm -hmm. I'm if I don't know if I'm going to make a deadline, mm -hmm. I get really worked up about it, and people notice it, and I get jittery and it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. And the truth of the matter is, if you're three minutes late, no one's going to care. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. I think it's OCD. I think it's my OCD. Con need for control. Yes, 100%. But that's how you're built, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's about how... Um, when I go into businesses, they expect me to start talking about all this stuff about mindfulness and resilience training and all that kind of stuff. But it's a lot more fundamental than that. Yeah. It's about good leadership, mm -hmm. good team leaders, and knowing your people. Absolutely. And absolutely knowing what their triggers are. So if you're not doing that properly, mm -hmm. um, and you don't have good communicators and good leaders in position, and I'm not talking just at the top of the business. This is not fancy training that you give to the top people. This is people that you're giving um, this training to in their first leadership position when they're only just for the first time in charge of a group of people. Mm -hmm. So this is supervisory level type mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, if, if I was working with you, I'd be like, ah, you know, because I know what your behaviors were that you were going to yeah. show for you, which mm -hmm. is going to be different from me. Of course. Like you yeah. might go really quiet and I would probably go really I've been told, hands I've and been noisy. told I shut down quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I've been told I shut down. Uh, things aren't going my way, I shut down. 
There so, you go. It is what it is. Well, I think a lot of it is centered around trust, isn't it? And yeah. creating so a safe space mm-hmm. so that people can open up. Yeah. And trust that their opinion or whatever it is that they're noticing is not going to come back and bite them mm-hmm. um, so that they feel safe enough to share. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be made to be, they're not going to be judged. Yeah. Ultimately, which. The reality, unfortunately, is quite different at mm-hmm. the moment in the world. Generally, people mm-hmm. do tend to judge, even though that's not fair, because we are uniquely individual, and that's been scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, creating a society of non-judgment, um, <laughs> or at least even on an organizational level of non-judgment, you know, the power in that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, again... Um, I'm going to turn into uh, David Attenborough again. So let's <laughs> let's go back to like when we were running about in the savannah, because mm-hmm. this is where these stress responses come from. They're um, survival mechanisms. That's why we got them. Yeah. Um, so going back then, it's like, well, why did human beings come together? And it's because we're actually quite rubbish animals. We don't have big teeth, big claws. We don't run as fast as a cheetah, you know, this type of stuff. So how do we survive? And we survive by banding together. Mm-hmm. So it's about everybody playing their own individual role to all get a share in the spoils and all mm-hmm. survive. And that's how corporations originally started in a cooperative type way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now they don't function like that. So what you get is somebody coming into work, knocking their pan in day in, day out, never saying no. Like you're saying, they can't go and cancel their meetings. They've got to keep going and work through those feelings that you described. Yeah. Horrendous. Mm -hmm. They've got to push on through and push on through. And then they get to the end of it. Do they get get their fair share of the, like... Absolutely not. Of the wildebeest? No, No, they don't. Of course they don't. don't. And they might break at the same time. Exactly. They get the wildebeest toenail. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get and, a very and, small piece. And some guy was sitting back in the tree watching it all unfold and didn't do any running about. And uh, he gets a wildebeest and he keeps it up the tree. Yeah. That's, that's what the lions do, isn't it? Absolutely. The head honcho lion. I don't, he gets to keep everything, but everyone else does it for him. It's that from kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. It's kind of annoying. But like yeah. That analogy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, I quite liked it. It was quite nice. Mm. Um, but. <laughs> I have a couple of questions um, that I've been asked this week um, because what we normally do is I announce the topic mm-hmm. to certain people that we're going to be talking about and they have a little think about it um, and then so more, more often than not they come back with questions Fabulous. that we like to discuss on the show. Yeah, I think about half the time we answer them. Is that about right? Because half the time we kind of just Go off and talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, we usually come up with some form of answer. Yeah, I, I like to think that we do have somewhat of an answer. Whether it's the right answer or not is a different story. But no, we it's do. Just an answer. We we center the the conversation about the questions that we have. Um, I'm very aware that we've spent quite a lot of time speaking about not questions. And to be honest, I don't care because no, I liked it's it. It's been awesome. <laughs> so um, what we'll do is we'll answer one of these questions, or we'll try our best to answer one of these questions. And we'll keep another question for later on. Go on. So this one here is from a girl called Adriana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has found herself in a routine at work. Now, she says routine, but she's spelled routine with a capital R-U-T-T for rut. 
Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I know. I mm-hmm. thought that was quite clever. I like that yeah. routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, could, I thought that was quite good. Very um, good. And she's good she, to you. Yeah, I know. Well done. Um, <laughs> but she can't figure out how she's found herself in this. How she got into it. Mm. Now, the the general theme of it, it. This is specifically at work, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the general theme behind this is she's in a job that doesn't fulfill her. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, is it as simple as that? Is there things that she can do to get out of it, but not having to give up her job? Yeah. yeah. When I'm coaching people, I coach people around um, things in, that are going on around them in the workplace, a bit like a kind of cross between an agony aunt and a careers advisor. Mm. And um, there are ways that you can help people have a more fulfilling time in the job that they're in, you know. Because quite a lot of the time people come to me and they're like, I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. I want to be a freelance person, but I'm too scared. Oh, I just want to live on an island and knit beanie hats. And that's <laughs> going to be the answer. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong Child with that. Life. And some people can do it. And we've talked a lot before in the past, David, about about being taking that leap and being that freelance person and mm. going out there and uh, not having that yeah. corporate room mm. to kind of <laughs> take care of you. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's about doing that. So that's not always the answer. It's about finding the answer for the specific person. And I think for her, mindfulness is key to that as well. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely key. Yeah. Because, it, again, it's about finding where you are on that slippery slope. Um, one of the things I'm just about to start blogging about is one of the massive bugbears I have, and I hear it time and time again and time again when people are talking to me. And the first thing I say is, have you talked to your employer about this? No. No, of course not. That's because it's not just, and this is what we do in businesses, it's not just the fact that they don't have, they're not listening. Yeah. They don't have any ears. There isn't a mechanism in the business to actually take on board this type of information, and that's what we create. Mm -hmm. And um, I say, well, what about an appraisal process? Surely there's an appraisal process. Oh, that, that's my bugbear of the day. Appraisal <laughs> <laughs> processes, right? yes. Reviews. They, they do my nothing because they're done very badly. Of course they are. Or not done at all. Mm-hmm. And they say, the worst one for me is people say, yeah, the procedure, the policy says you should get an appraisal twice a year. But I've been there for three years and I've never had one. So I, you should yeah. be in dialogue, shouldn't you? Of course you should. I think you need to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I when I got asked this, I got asked this question uh, six days ago now, and I've been having mm-hmm. to think about it because I like to mull things over before we actually talk about this. And I came up with this thought process. Now you can tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Please do. Is what I've discovered is generally speaking, people who work are about sixty percent happy. Uh, now yeah. the reason that that I picked sixty is because it's not enough that you love it, mm-hmm. but it's almost too much, just too much to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. you, you become comfortable in the job, and for you say, "Oh, I'll be here for six, seven months, and then move on to other things." Then before you know, there's eight years later, and yes. you're still in that job, not happy. Mm-hmm. Now you guys are self-employed, so you've obviously taken that leap mm-hmm. already, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it be by choice or bar not, but mm-hmm. um, you've thought there's no point in sitting around at sixty percent. Well, let's aim for eighty, ninety. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I like that. I like. No, I can't speak for everyone, of course, but I think the general theme is that most people find themselves in the comfortable zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, anyone heard of Jim Quick? 
Yes. Yes. He's a cool guy, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to his podcast and he said something to me that I cannot get out of my head. Um, he said, if you want to do something new, you've, uh, if, you want to, if you want something brand new, you've got to do something you've never done. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I c- I have re- I've listened to his podcast, that episode, that five minutes, about 18 times. Awesome. Just because of that sentence. Cool. And I've signed up for his quick challenge. I'll put a link into it. It's, it's going to be awesome. But that's the thing. You've signed up for a challenge. You're, yeah, you I'm a bit of a... Uh, I'm a bit... Uh, yeah, I, I challenge myself far too often. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but it's... It's quick challenges, mental challenges once a week or something like that. Um, we'll put a link into it because it's pretty cool. But yeah, you said that um, you've, if you want something brand new, you've got to do something you've never done before, mm-hmm. yes. which I quite like. Yeah. Now that relates heavily to work, mm-hmm. not just personal life, but it relates heavily to work because what happens if you want to make a change at work? How many people actually go into it? Oh, yeah, that's For minimal. me, it comes... It, everything starts with awareness. So I use this ACT model all the mm-hmm. time, um, which is an acronym for awareness, choice, and trust. So mm-hmm. for Adriana, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> my starting place with her would be to really get to grips with what is it about this rut mm-hmm. that is dragging her down, that she's not enjoying, that she's mm-hmm. not getting fulfillment from, because... If she cannot create that awareness, then she cannot make a choice. She cannot identify what it is about her situation that she wants to improve and that she wants to change. Mm -hmm. So that's, for me, always the starting point, is you really build a picture around what that current reality looks like Mm -hmm. so that you've then got a place to move on from and actually do something about it because Mm -hmm. then you can start to make choices, you know, as far as, you know, the lengths you will go to to make that change, the types of change you're prepared to make, the steps that you're prepared to take, things that that you're motivated to do. Um, that, That for me is where everything begins and then you can make progress from there. Um, so when you said, is there something she could do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's necessary, though? What I, what I mean by that is that I've been reading some articles upon misery at work and how to cope with, you know, your miserable job and all that. And mm. more often than not, the other thing that comes, one of the things that comes up is focus on other parts of your life. So in effect, it doesn't really matter what you do with the job. Mm-hmm. But you need to counterbalance it with things that you're actively excited about in your life. Yeah, it depends. Um, it depends, I think, a lot on the type of person you are and how you're looking at your job and your life. Um, mm. I think I'll build on what David said because um, with some extra bits to kind of help that kind of process mm-hmm. um, for Adriana, um, for me, you would apply mindfulness to that. So what David's saying is you can only start with where you're at and you have to be what he's describing is you have to be very clear about where you're at so i would advise her to take herself off away from everything Mm -hmm. switch her phone off and go and sit and spend time some time with herself and this is where mindfulness meditation encourages you to go inside of yourself Mm -hmm. and the things that your conscious mind is is running over every day like you're saying eight years down the line and you're still in the same job for six of those years your body 
is probably has probably been telling you, I am not happy. Yeah. <laughs> and you've <laughs> been like, overriding that. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm doing a pure health and safety role and I'm looking at high risk environments, it's about overriding the alarm. And that's what people mm. do inside themselves. So it's about her taking some time away from herself. And that meditation teaches you to, to shut off that noise. Mm-hmm that you've got in your conscious mind and get to get up. So how you actually feel, mm-hmm. it's about that head intelligence and the heart intelligence and finding the balance between the both. So you're disconnecting the head intelligence, listening to the heart intelligence, and then going back to the head intelligence, like David's saying is, right, okay, this is genuinely where I am. This is what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, mm-hmm. um, smells like, tastes like, you know, really bring that experience alive for yourself and say, is this an experience that is making me feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. If it's not, then that's a good thing. Because mm-hmm. that's you bringing up whatever it is that you need to be. You know, it's like regurgitating <laughs> <laughs> from the depths what it yeah. is you need to address. And then David's giving you this. Um, then the next step, which is, um, what am I going to do about that? Mm-hmm. How far am I willing to go? And this is where you start working with the person and you say, well, can you change where you're at? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to bring in things from the rest of your life? Do you want to enhance the rest of your life and just know that you're just going to tick that box and then yeah. just accept it? Or um, or what is it you want to do? Because it's your life. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I think I've seen that firsthand pretty recently, actually. A girl my my work um, was quite unhappy mm-hmm. with the job. I like to think I made her day better, but you know, <laughs> I've got so she's still there. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, she was. Well, she she just she discovered that the, the job wasn't it wasn't for her anymore. She'd been there for a few years. Are you sure? I, I like to think it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I would bring her biscuits, right? <laughs> maybe but, that was the problem. I know, um, I know. Maybe, maybe I've got her calling me up um, for coaching, <laughs> saying there's a weird guy at my work that keeps bringing me biscuits. What do I do about him? Yeah. <laughs> maybe the creepy. universe sent you there to drive her away from this <laughs> unpleasant situation. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first it's time. A bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to go on his podcast about ministry at work. <laughs> I don't know how to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But no, it's it's true. I mean, like she recognized that she was unhappy um, at work, and she'd been there for a few years. And but she wanted out, didn't know what the next step was, mm-hmm. which is quite hard. It's quite a hard thing to to recognize, actually. But she went for a couple of interviews, and it it didn't work out. But she, I walked in the other day, and I saw her, and the smile on her face was unbelievable, and instantly. Mm-hmm. I can tell what has happened. It's like, oh, you got a new job, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, and because it, it seems harsh to say, but she she never smiled like that at work. Mm-hmm. Once she knew she had another path, I think it was the feeling of being trapped. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Because once you've been to a couple of interviews and not got it, you start to feel like there is no other options. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's And then when someone eventually does offer you this opportunity, you grab it. And you see her, I just seen her lift. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Let's just hope that she's moving into the right Well, the grass isn't always the right reason. Exactly, because yeah. that's a, lot, a mistake that a lot of people make. They yeah. they get so fed up with this the, that current reality, that situation that they're in, mm. that they then make a decision that's a snap decision mm-hmm. to, to make a change without perhaps giving 
due kind of conscious consideration to what it is that they actually really want and taking time to consider that so that then they can create that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but coming from a recruiting background, saw it plenty of times where, you know, all of a sudden someone's moved and you're know, three months in, you're getting the phone call to say, ah, oh, this isn't working out. It's like, well, right, okay, well, what can we do to help, you know? But mm-hmm. um, what they could have done or, the, you know, actually considering, you know, the lessons learned, yeah. really reflecting on it yeah. and reflecting on the decisions that they made so that they can actually make better choices going no, forward. True. I saw a great clip um uh, Gary V clip yesterday. Oh, oh I love him. Um, where he was. I love him. Can um, we get him on? Oh, can, I come, be, can I come if you get him on? <laughs> that's a dust we'll invite, the, we'll invite the troops. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was interviewing Ray Dalio. Yeah. And um, and Ray Dalio was was speaking about about leaders and the perception of leaders that leaders are these kind of all knowing creatures, but actually mm-hmm. the reality is leaders, um, how they differentiate themselves from other people is that they recognize their weaknesses and their faults mm-hmm. and then they compensate for that. Um, but you know, a, a lot of that then comes down to awareness. Absolutely. It all comes oh. back to that. It all comes back to yeah. awareness. Mm. Right. Absolutely. So we, we've come to the 40-minute mark, Dave. As we always say, between 30 and 40 minutes is ideal. Yeah. Um, but I do have another question to ask. So I'm going to do is going to save that till next time. Um, Excellent. Awesome. Right. Woo. So we won't have a takeaway this week. We're going to have a next time um, to say what the best piece of advice that we can offer is. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, anything else we need to discuss before we say goodbye for now? No, I think um, what we've just... Um, talked about in terms of Adriana's um, mm-hmm. uh, question, it's probably core, isn't yeah. it? I think that's Absolutely. probably the takeaway that yeah. we've we've. Let's just it pull really that is. out as the nugget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, um, why not? because it is. Because now you've got like two coaches, like mm-hmm. heads together. I think that's like premium advice. She's gone and got there. Totally, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's easy for us to say that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It might well be. It might well be. I mean, I hope she finds some be- uh, benefit out of listening to it. So, yeah, um, I hope so if too. she gets, if she's got an answer out of that, then brilliant. Um, if she can get in touch again, if she if she feels that we are the right people to answer that Absolutely. question, we might not be. I don't know. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. All right, guys. We will say goodbye for now, and we will catch up next time. Um, any last remarks? See ya. Yeah, it's been fabulous. It's been guys. awesome, hasn't it, Jerry? Yeah. It's been awesome. I look forward to talking with you again. All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening. And we will see you next time.